Digital acceleration is here. Health systems are walking the path, but are they in the right direction? Welcome to Patient Journey Pioneers, roadmaps from the top digital leaders in healthcare who share insights and strategies that are pushing the patient journey to new heights. This podcast is brought to you by Hiro, and I'm your host, Liat Kozuc. I'm your host, Liat Kozuc, and today with Jared Johnson, founder of Shift Forward Health Podcast and host of Healthcare Rap Podcast, all having to do with how to make healthcare more consumer-focused. Jared, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, You've hosted more than 500 podcast episodes all around healthcare, so surely you have a lot of insights to share with us today. But before we jump into our questions, let's backtrack and tell us a bit about your journey in healthcare. Sure. I think that that 500 episodes uh, is an interesting figure because it's come about after spending a lot of time on my own journey in client-side positions. And the, the reason that I've ended up steering towards the media side, towards the podcasting side, I think is just a natural curiosity because I've always wanted to make sure I have a, a well-rounded perspective on, on what's happening in the industry. And that's been my way to do that is to get to know people and ask them what they're seeing and experiencing. But prior to that, my, my journey has taken me through a number of hospitals and medical device companies, primarily in digital marketing positions that then became digital health related positions. Uh, I was usually in a discovery or innovation role uh, coming up through the ranks. And I'd be the one who was asked to look at a new technology and, and figure out the business value of it and any other, how do you use it? How does it work? And, and kind of figure it out and then come present that to to other stakeholders in the company. A lot of times it was digital uh, marketing tools, like I said, everything from social media to, I mean, back in the day, like early on, uh, uh, mobile apps and tablets and, you know, just everything. Like, here's an iPad, go figure it out for us, that kind of thing. So uh, those kinds of roles really taught me how to uh, understand the role of tech and it, uh, specifically with engagement and the tech might work, but if it's not serving a need for people, then we have some work to do. And so I, I felt like it was that balance and just about every role I had in, in hospitals and medical device companies that that's really steered me to where I am today. You know, I do want to quote you um, a quote that really stood out. You mentioned healthcare has only one choice to become truly consumer first or be disrupted. I love that one. That's kind of a natural place to think about now in terms of where where healthcare can go. I always like to think of it as an opportunity. This isn't a mandate, it's an opportunity. And I think we'll get into it in terms of how that relates to patient experience, but it's all out there for everybody. And yes, uh, the, the way that we experience healthcare is going to keep changing. And so that, that's the opportunity in front of us. Amazing, amazing. That sets the foundation for our conversation today. What's the most important thing you see healthcare working on today when it comes to the digital patient experience? So I love this question. Uh, I, I really think about the, again, another opportunity, which is to understand consumers' health choices. And I'm using these words very deliberately, consumer as opposed to patient. In my mind, a, a patient journey is part of a consumer's health journey. And it's the part where you're in, actively engaging with the healthcare professional. Uh, maybe a, a care team, or maybe even a digital tool related to those prescribed you by a team. That's part of a bigger 
experience that we each have daily, which is making healthcare choices. How do we, uh, how do we stay healthy? How do we become well? How do we come to a better quality of life? And those things are the real choices at the basis of how we interact with a, with a digital health tool. And so understanding that context is something that, that I feel like I might never get to fully uh, achieve, but, but the more I do that, the more I understand the context of choices that are being made. Uh, I love seeing the context of, of that happening. I love seeing the industry. I love seeing startups uh, coming into the space. Uh, I love seeing healthcare professionals and, and their organizations and provider organizations all realize this and tweak the tools and create better tools that are leading to a better experience. That experience starts with understanding what we really want. Do I really want a knee replacement or do I just want to be able to walk with less pain? There's a difference. There's a difference mm -hmm. between like what that solution is. And I feel like that, uh, that whole side of the industry is, is being developed very quickly. Uh, COVID definitely forced that, but we're seeing that type of thinking and, and innovation and transformation happening uh, at a greater scale than I've ever seen before. And that's, that's very exciting. Even if it's a slow moving industry, unlike others, um, we do see some movement going on. So if you could pinpoint one that really is standing out as far as like projects that you're seeing taking place now um, in healthcare organizations that weren't with us five years ago. So I definitely look a lot to to the retail and consumer brands entering the space just to see what they're doing. Like, what do they know about consumers that we don't know? And that's been the source and topic of a lot of uh, what, what we share on uh, mm -hmm. in, in the research that I do and the consulting work that I do. And the interesting thing is, is how they approach consumers. And they use that word uh, deliberately because they understand that they don't have to have a continuous relationship that they actually just want to be there and have easier access. And so I think access would be the answer that I'm, that I'm, uh, th that I'm really excited about. The one thing that I'm seeing is greater access overall. Uh, telehealth has definitely played a part in that and the acceleration of, of all virtual care platforms, not just a platform in and of itself, but I, I see them integrated as, part of a mental health subscription service. I see it as part of a maternal care subscription healthcare service. I see virtual care and, and telehealth uh, visits as, as part of other services. And I think that's a trend we'll keep seeing because that shows that we understand the context of those choices again that we're, that we're making. We don't just want, uh, like as a consumer, we don't tend to think, do I want a virtual visit? We're just like, I just need to see a doctor. What's the quickest right. and easiest way to do it? And if right. it's a virtual visit, then we're going to use that platform. But I don't think I don't think most consumers compartmentalize the types of visits in their mind the way that we sometimes think of them on the inside. For those healthcare executives that are leading these digital patient journey projects, we'll call them. What are some challenges that you see them facing that isn't being talked about enough? Wow! Like how much time do we have? Right? This. <laughs> I mean. I feel a lot of empathy for those, uh, for, for anyone as a CIO or a CDO, a role especially, uh, who is dealing with the pressures from all sides, from the, the financial pressures of, uh, in most hospitals and provider organizations operating on a negative margin for several months in a row now, uh, maybe even a couple of years in a row. 
that is not easy in the first place. Then all the competing priorities from your clinical and non-clinical teams who are all saying like, we need, we need to implement this thing. Uh, I, I think it all boils down to one key challenge, which is understanding the tech because the, there's so many different platforms and, and point solutions that are coming up. They are being developed faster than ever. So how do you ramp up and understand how to use them and how they integrate and what you don't want to do? I think what a lot of organizations have seen is that they're now stuck here with this, uh, what, what I've heard referred to as a glut of point solutions that kind of connect, but some of them don't. Uh, I, I, I don't know what that figure is. I imagine in any given organization, you have dozens, if not hundreds of point solutions, and they each worked for that one thing that they were purchased for, but now you're left sitting here with how to connect them all. And uh, that that is no easy thing. So I just, I, I think it's not talked about enough because there's not one easy solution. It's not like you buy another right. tech platform to right. solve that problem. This really is like a, a, a strategic and organizational and operational uh, challenge. And it's, it's going to be for a long time. So we'll go from challenges to some fun now. It's time to play a game. Jared, where you place your digital bets, okay? I'll name a technology in healthcare and you'll tell me if it's bullish or bearish. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, number one, and you said this already, you spoke about this already, but telehealth. So bullish, as long as it's used right, it's just that thought of as long as it's integrated as part of another type of service. I think all on its own, it's hard to understand the value as a consumer. Mm -hmm. Okay, next one, wearables. Wearables, I wish I could say bullish. I've been bullish for years. Uh, if, Right now, I feel a little bearish. I just feel like they've kind of stalled in their promise to connect all your data and provide it to your your provider. I think providers don't know what to do with, like if I provided them all the you know access to what, like my Apple Watch is telling you about me. I don't know if they know what to do with it or really care uh, to tell you the truth. So uh, a little bearish right now. Interesting. Yeah, there's rich insights and rich analytics, but you gotta know how to use them and how to incorporate them. So interesting. Uh, next one, conversational AI. Ooh, conversational AI. I'd say bullish. I like the, I think we're just so far off. Uh, I think we're a few years away from it really hitting its stride. Uh, there are a couple of implement, I, I guess, a couple of ways that it's being used. The, the one that's really got a lot of promise is, is clinically um, being able to um, be used in connecting uh, a lot of the the sources you already have of data that's going into an EHR. Um, on the voice side, conversational AI really has potential to do some amazing things. Um, they're just not out there yet. I don't feel like I, I've heard of of uh, some some hospitals and health systems uh, really going pretty deep with some like Alexa enabled. Uh, HIPAA compliant skills, uh, even in operating rooms, but also in exam rooms. And I, I do think there's some potential there, but it's it's a few years off before it really takes off, I feel like. Okay. Remote patient monitoring? Uh, remote patient monitoring. Yeah, I'd say bullish on that. You're being nice today. I know. Mainly bullish. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... I, I guess it's because it's now if we, okay, so I'll make the caveat. If, if we're talking like right now, right now, because uh, again, this is uh, most of my answers are like, hey, it's a few years off. It's coming. 
Um, right. right now, there's not much to say about it. Uh, I feel like it's a buzzword right now. It's a buzz phrase, I guess. Um, I don't know if we understand the full promise of it right now. Okay. Last one, augmented reality. Okay, so I will say bearish now, but with a with a star uh, again. I, I think we're like so out of all of these. I think we're so far out away from uh, from AR really being uh, f- from it hitting some sort of velocity that that it makes sense. I don't know if uh, we're anywhere close to it being part of our day to day life, like like a mobile phone, you know, like like a smartphone or like social media or like other digital tools that that caught fire. Um, there, we're, we're, it's not going to be there yet. It's going to take a while. There's no killer app right now that I know of that is like, everyone's got to be on an AR app because of this. Um, but it'll, it'll come, but it's, it's so far off. So you're saying we should reconnect in about eight years and have you back on and then talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be game for that. Yeah. I'd be definitely interested. All right. Now that we've discussed emerging tech, what are some technologies that are on your wish list when it comes to digital patient engagement? Okay, so I'd say there's a class of tools, there's a class of technologies that engage consumers in between their visits. I do think we've made a lot of progress with patient experience, and I do think um, I, I do think like like chatbot technology, uh, for instance, has really played a big part in that. The ability to triage questions in a digital format uh, in a digital channel and then get get some answers. Um, when they're implemented correctly and the team knows how to use them. Uh, I mean, I was involved in setting up a chatbot uh, probably uh, five or six years ago on a hospital website, and it was a challenge to get it going. But once the uh, the inbound team, once the customer service team understood what they uh, how it could uh, improve things for them, they were really happy. Um, but there, there's a ramp up for that. And I say that because there are this new class of technology, which... Uh, I'd like to see more of is the class that engages consumers in between those patients' visits. And that's really, when you think about it, that's the majority of people, the majority of the time. When Even when considering uh, chronic care patients and uh, those who are you know, frequently needing to see a healthcare professional, you're still, t- uh, still talking about uh, less than 10% of uh, Americans uh, have had an overnight stay in the last year. So that you're still talking about over 90% of people who have not. So what kind of technology do I need to have from uh, from a healthcare professional, either primary care or, or specialist to engage me in my health? And what I've seen is uh, me personally, I, I work with a, my primary care physician is a direct primary care doctor. And I know there are mixed feelings about that for some reason, but uh, it's been extremely um an extremely positive experience for me as the patient because I do get additional information and reminders. When COVID was in full force, uh, my provider was wasn't he wasn't using any particular tool, but I would get text alerts from him and emails uh, with information about the latest that that he he was digesting lots of different sources and saying, "Hey, here's the here's what I've looked at myself. Here's research I've done." And, and it was the in, in that case, it was the information. Um, I didn't have to learn a new platform, uh, but it, it felt like a new platform because I had not had a healthcare professional uh, use that to create any kind of consumer experience with me in between doctor's visits uh, in the past. And so um, 
I don't know if there are, I, I mean, I do know there are solutions that are, that are um, out there uh, and hopefully they, they take hold more, but it's just that thought of like, how do you consume or how do you engage a consumer in between your visits? It's almost like, how does it not exist these days more? <laughs> um, there's still work to be done as you like to say. Okay, in 10 years from now, Jared, describe how you envision a hallway conversation going on between two CIOs. <laughs> what a great question. Uh, okay, 10 years from now, uh, so there are two ways this could go, and I do hope it's the first way, which is uh, that we've accelerated our progress and that 10 years from now, uh, CIOs are talking about, remember that, remember that blip on the radar when we weren't sure what to do and it was the... Uh, you know, the post meaningful use era and uh, how did we, how do we get through that? And, and can you imagine where we are now, uh, which is we have a, a generally connected patient experience between providers that follows you as the patient and doesn't necessarily follow, you know, the health system itself. Uh, it follows me wherever I go that, you know, that we made it, um, that we as CIOs, um, made it easy for patients to own their own data, which actually made our jobs easier. Uh, the, that would be amazing to be talking about at that point and imagine what, what types of things that not only enables, uh, but even just for patients to finally own their own data. Uh, I actually see that as pretty liberating for CIOs to be able to say that we don't have to work, like the all the guardrails have been figured out, all the APIs have been figured out, all the, uh, Everything we need has been figured out uh, for data to connect everywhere it needs to go to provide a better experience for me. Um, I, I don't know if that's 10 years. That might be 20 or 25. Jared, what are you reading or listening to nowadays? Uh, I'll start with listening. I, I am, I am a, as you'd expect, I'm a podcast addict. And so I, I do, uh, I do listen to quite a few. Uh, some of my favorites are uh, Hello Healthcare, uh, hosted by uh, Actium Health and Chris Hemphill, uh, which just provides a, a great uh, data-driven conversation. Uh, the very first episode was all about how to eliminate uh, race bias in healthcare data. Uh, fascinating topic. Uh, th they talk about lots of other things, but they always bring data into it. So Hello Healthcare, I, I love listening to that one. Uh, I love listening to Digital Voices with Ed. I will, I will plug that one. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorites uh, just because- We love Ed. You know, he, yeah, he brings in a different- uh, perspective with every episode. And he very intentionally is, is trying to do that. Just round, round out a perspective. Uh, goodness. What other ones? Um, yeah, those, those are a couple of my favorites, uh, reading I've lately been, uh, I, I did read, uh, healthcare digital transformation, uh, Ed's book. No, I got him to sign my copy. We're like groupies. Okay. See, now I'm jealous. And I, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm his publicist here, but, <laughs> but no, it's, um, I'm also reading another book called, uh, it has nothing to do with healthcare. It's called permission to feel, and it's actually about emotional intelligence and how we often don't realize how much we struggle to describe the ways we're feeling and that, that we're taught a lot of us uh, are growing up that you don't need to uh, think about your feelings. You just ignore them. You just kind of go on with life. Uh, but it has some really interesting implications of just getting going on that one. So to top this all off, what is the best career advice you've ever been given or would like to give? A uh, great, great question. Uh, I've always appreciated career advice. It helped me realize that uh, no one is 
it's no one else's job to put opportunities in front of me. It's my job to create them for myself. And that usually means you have to actually learn how to work better with people because those opportunities aren't just uh, handed out. Uh, you're not entitled to them. And so you need to constantly be thinking of what value are you providing to other people? Not how are you making yourself look good, but what value are you providing to other people? And that translates, like when I went out into consulting for the first time, that translated, it, it made it a lot easier for me to think, uh, this isn't about me, like my uh, a, a client or a prospect isn't going to care about my selling process or what this is for me. I only need to talk to them about the value that I'm providing them. And that's going to give me a lot better uh, chance of success as a consultant. Uh, so that's served me well, just realizing no one else is out there to, uh, to put opportunities in front of me. Uh, that's all my responsibility. And uh, the best career advice I'd like to give, um, I think it's changed in the last couple of years, to tell you the truth. I feel like the, the job market itself and just the circumstances uh, around opportunities in healthcare and health tech in particular, the, the sky's the limit. I would not hesitate to broaden my horizons and make sure I understand all the different types of opportunities there are to grow in a particular field. And don't be afraid to be in an emerging field where the rules haven't been written yet. I think there's something to be said for being part of writing the rules uh, in a new field. And I, there's a certain exhilaration that comes with that. It can be scary because you're, you might not have as many mentors in that field, but there, there's something really interesting and valuable and, and potentially really rewarding uh, to to be one of the first or early adopters of a, of a new uh, field or a, you know, become one of the ones, like I said, who, who writes the rules of engagement in something. Yeah, it takes um, courage to dive into unknown territories. Sure. This was amazing. I do want to ask you who you would like to nominate as a future guest on our podcast, a trailblazer, someone you look up to in the industry. I, uh, one name came immediately to mind and it was Erica Olinsky Johansson. Uh, Erica has one of the most important uh, patient stories herself to be told, not only as a patient herself, but as a caregiver. And I won't give her whole story away, but she's a mother of a couple of young boys uh, she's had things happen to herself and to her uh, her kids uh, that have changed her perspective about the patient experience. And she's been she's worked in the healthcare uh, field uh, for a long time. And so the way that she's been able to take parts of her own experience and not let it drag her down, but actually turn it around and use it for ways to engage the system and help them improve is something I'll always admire. So I would definitely recommend uh, Erica. She's got a great story to tell. Wow, Erica, we are coming for you. Uh, I want to thank you so much for your time and your insights. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed as well. I did. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And, and yeah, let's do this again. Uh, eight years from now, I've got it on my calendar. Yes, eight years from now. See you later. Thank you for listening to Patient Journey Pioneers brought to you by Hiro. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. See you on our next episode.